Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings at nine Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rand is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Ringside Rant. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is who day, who day, who day at? JD, Justin Davis. JD, what's up, bud? Hey, they beat the Rams last night in the final preseason struggle. And I'm as ready for the... some NFL football to start here yeah. in a couple weeks. Actually, as we're talking a week from this Thursday, my Bills will be facing off the against the Rams Thursday night. But that's next week. This is this week, so let's send it up to Mr. Tony Schiavone. It's Super Day! Well, guys, he's the one, he's the only, Mr. Pondwater. Ah, oh, screw it. We'll call you Palm Water Referee Dave. I don't care. I know I already messed it up. I, whatever. <laughs> it's like you got to have it. It's like you have it on your screen there or something. Christ. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, I already got him tickled. I was going to mess with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, there's still plenty of time for that. But uh, no, we this week we're calling that audible. We're really excited to really dive deep into this with you. WCCW. August 21st, 1982. I uh, was taped on the 15th of August, but this is Sunday really night. when this is really when you started your fandom with professional wrestling started here, right? It was developed, yes. I mean, I had just a brief when I was 5, 6 years old, you know, my mom was showing it to me. This is what my granddad used to take me to see. Mm-hmm. I liked Ivan Putski, but then Saturday Night Live came on and I I veered away from wrestling. Yeah, and I didn't find it again until '82, and this is the night it was born because I was there. I didn't want to be there. My mom made me take my little brother. <laughs> I knew who Ric Flair was because he pissed me off the night before seeing him on television. Yeah, and I knew who Kerry Von Erich was 
Right. I was hoping at least Kerry's going to whip his ass. Right. Now, um, you said this was a Sunday night ta- or taping, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, um, the Star Wars cards uh, would run on Sunday nights at Reunion Arena. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a sun- the summer one. They did the they did the the August one was um, but then you had the next Star Wars event was um, Thanksgiving. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't know. If there was Thanksgiving this year. Of this year, I don't think they did Thanksgiving at Reunion Arena. I think they did it, Christmas. Christmas. I think they did the Christmas. Next, Christmas. Yeah, they did the Christmas. Star Wars. Yeah, they did the Christmas. After in '83, in '83 they didn't have a summer. They didn't have one in August. They did Star Wars at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't look like here. They did it in 83 and 84. They didn't do it in 82. Yeah. They did Thanksgiving, created champions, 83. Yeah, and then they came Fort, back. In Fort Worth, they did the 4th of July right. and um, Labor Day. Right. And then they but, did one early, early in the year. Before we send it up to Rich, let's um, – why – how can I put it? It's kind of a general question. What made – WCCW so great in your eyes? Was it just a matter of hey, this is really one? This is what my first memory basically was like with Justin and myself. WWF, you know, early '90s, mid '90s. Is this your version of hey, this is really when I lo- started loving it? Yes, this is a hundred percent when I started loving it. I believed it. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew it was one of those situations like, no, that's that's fake. That there, there's no way that's real. But that was real, you know, and there was more of that was real in world class at the time. I mean, I went in skeptical, kind of boo-boo face that I had to take my little brother to this thing. <laughs> but by the end of the night, I couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, I was, I was flimmy and I was, I could swear I was, my thro- I, I, I could swear I was coughing up a little blood from mm-hmm. my throat being so raw. Because I yelled my throat out. I was yeah. so into it. Yeah, so, so this is pretty much the first time that you really saw saw it live, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely the first time I'd seen it live. Right. Well, without further ado, let's send it up to Rich and let's get this party started. It's the opening contest. Prior to the opening match we got bill mercer out here interviewing king kong bundy uh, and our or was it arman hussein dude i can't remember this is when bundy was like skinny bundy yeah he, <laughs> bundy looked good yeah yeah uh, he looked like a like a, a badass big dude that could still move around pretty good at this time he moved good for a big guy you know, and now they they said he was nineteen here. Was that accurate? Man, I heard that too, and I never. I was like, he looks way older than nineteen to me. Well, let's let's find out. Oh, this is the Google machine, Ponwatch. Hey Siri, how old? Oh, hey Siri, when was King Kong Bundy born? Here's an answer from Themex.net. Christopher Allen Palais, known under the wrestling name King Kong Bundy was born on November 7th, 1957 in Atlanta. So of 1957, he was born. So 67, 77. No, he was 25 He's, years yeah, old. Yeah. In 1982. Well, but, the, but he still had that 24. look there. Right. 
but he, he still had that face. look. Yeah. yeah, he still he still had that baby. And I would have never thought that the King Kong Bunny that we later would know in the WWF, big bad heel, big ass badass. What was this like? Damn, he could fucking move. Yeah, I mean, if you'll go back, go back a few months, he still had hair. Yeah. Um, he was Fritz Von Erich's retirement match yeah, at Texas in, Stadium. In this episode, you hear him challenge Harry, I think, to a hair match or something. Kevin. Kevin, because he lost his hair, I guess, King Kong Bundy did. So. Yeah, he lost his hair to Kevin prior to this. Was that was that something that was common, this era, Dave? Hair matches? Just, yeah. Hair matches, yeah. Yeah, every time Gary Hart needed a haircut, they'd, he'd lose a hair match. <laughs> they they kept Gary Hart bald. Yeah. They replayed it because when Gary, a few years later, a couple years later, when he was managing Chris Adams, he'd grown his hair back, and he ended up losing his hair again. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember which Von Eric cost him his hair that time. Yeah. She, but, you know, so, so Bundy and and uh, Hussein is are basically saying they want to retire the former six time world heavyweight champion Harley Race. Uh, tonight uh could happen could not but what i found very interesting dave and maybe you can comment on this and justin as well but damn harley races interviews and promos god they were good here 82 all the way up to when he started his feud there with flair yeah i'm like See, holy I didn't have, shit i didn't have the benefit of hearing a harley race promo prior to seeing him i know who harley race was mm-hmm until they got in the ring and they introduced him as six-time former heavyweight champion, I didn't know anything about Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I know who I didn't know who Bundy was either. I was like, he looked like a big ball. He looked like a big old ball-headed guy to me. Mm-hmm. He, he looked huge from where we were sitting. And you got to keep in mind, we were sitting on the very last row at the very top of the arena. I mean, that's how close to not getting a ticket we were. Right. Because I bought my tickets at the box office that night. Back in my day, uh, but yeah, no, but we have a was it? It was a sellout though, Dave. I'm assuming, right? Because yeah, it was like I mean, eighteen. There, it was eighteen. There, it was eighteen thousand. It was a per per. Yeah, a, a they sold out reunion arena. It was eighteen, just short of nineteen thousand for for wrestling. Because yeah. reunion is Dallas, right? Right. Okay. It's um, right there by it was it was it was by the Hyatt Regency where you saw Flair in this episode. Mm-hmm. You saw Flair get out and go into the with the girl, the ladies showed them the arena, and you saw Reunion Tower, which is the big ball that lights up. Sure, that's right there at the Hyatt Regency, sure. and that's they've since torn down Reunion Arena because they built the American Airlines Center. Right. Yeah, it just sucks when you see a lot of these reunions. Another one we saw the old uh, promo with Kevin and Marshall and Ross with. Um, sportatorium there too it's like this is where you know this is where they you know where this was this is where that was they're walking um, shoeless on the gravel just remembering you know what happened here and it's just like especially at this time this was when you you worked your ass off all week to go to these shows on a Friday Saturday Sunday night what have you and this is like there wasn't anything else to do yeah we had we had Dallas I mean we had Fort Worth on Monday night uh-huh. Fort Worth taped the Saturday night Channel 11 show. And then Friday night was Dallas, which taped the Sunday Sportatorium show. And they would normally, one Friday night would do two weeks worth. Of, they tape every other Friday. 
Mm-hmm. One Friday would be two shows, two, and then two shows. then they ran spot shows during the week at high schools and and do high school gyms and and things like that. Now you were how you spent your whole pretty much your early life in the Texas air in te- yeah, state of Texas, my right? Fir- my first four, uh, my first forty two years in Texas. Okay, that's what I thought because I'm like I didn't know I didn't know when you know you moved out to to Mississippi there, but. Um, Justin, what was your first thoughts? You're seeing Harley race here. A lot of these guys we've seen, you know, later in the WWF, um, that would be a lot very popular. Harley, Harley race being one of them, Bundy being another, Carrie Flair. What are your thoughts when you're watching this back? Because it's like, holy crap, these this is when wrestling was great, right? You're muted. You're muted. Sorry, I forgot I muted myself. Um, <laughs> I thought that uh, it was good seeing some of the names that you know. I mean, a young King Kong Bundy. I thought Harley would be a little... He looked like the Harley that I saw in 85 in the WWE or 86 or whatever. Like he, he, I thought he would be a little more younger Harley, but he was still pretty old at this point, or at least wrestling kind of older here in 82, mm-hmm. I thought. He looked old. Yeah, he did look like an old man to me. Yeah. And I don't know how old he was then. He might have been 40. Yeah. But it's just, is this one of those matches you guys think that, you know, they're putting the uh, NWA American title on the line? Uh, your champion is King Kong Bundy. But do you think this was like the rite of passage? Like Harley's kind of seeing what, what he, what Bundy can do kind of thing? Or was this like, hey, let's, Harley's the heel, Bundy's the face, or vice versa, or what have you. It just matched up well. In hindsight, I think it was a, I think it was just bringing a star, bringing a big star in for Star Wars. Right. Um, I, you know, I think we, that's all it was. Is just, and I think it was elevating Bundy, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, given because who else was Bundy going to wrestle? Bundy at the time. You're stealing money, Bundy. <laughs> and he, I mean, you know he, what I uh, loved about this show too? Every time the music played, that I kept just singing the Stephen P. News song in my head. <laughs> yeah, they've ruined it for me. Stephen P. News. <sighs> but th- it's just we 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 did the whole thing with the music before, guys, and. It, this is it's like holy crap this music was freaking great here in the 80s man wrestling it's like this yeah, is you really have no idea from this episode right because they don't play it at they don't play no. the stuff on the network yeah because the music video with carrie yeah i'm pretty sure that was i need a hero yeah I need a hero. i'm pretty sure that that was the song for that video because we'll probably have to go back and it's probably on youtube right a lot of this stuff yeah um but no, it, it's Harley, you know, was billed here and he was claiming that uh, to slammed Andre the Giant. Was that the, was there truth to that, Dave? Yes. He was the first official one to do it. Do you know when that was? Fish, the no, first he, official. Wasn't, he wasn't the first one to do it. It was always Andre had been slammed. Like by the time Hogan slammed him, like 20 other people had already slammed him. But it was always the first time Andre had ever been slammed I mean, every time it happened. Right. Harley was probably one of the first, but. Because Flair yeah. asked him, said, "Did did what did it?" He goes, "Did what Andre say when you slammed him?" He said, "Nothing. I slammed him." 
<laughs> he just did it. He just did it. Yeah. Do you remember so, where that? Do you remember the, where that was, or was it just kind of? I don't know. You know? Okay. I mean, there's no I, tell. They probably did it all around the horn. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, he was because Harley was out of the Missouri St. Louis, right? Yeah, and I, I okay. don't know. I really don't. There's no way Bundy was the face. I don't remember in the arena that night the reaction to the crowd, or actually who I was even cheering for in this match. Mm-hmm. I don't think I. I think this match was so early in the show that I was still. I hadn't really. I mean, because we saw the women. I don't remember which women they were. I could look it up. I, you had Jose Lothario. I mean, they were probably they were warming us up. By the time we got to Harley Race, I didn't know which way. I was probably filling it out. But I can't imagine that Harley was... I mean, this was kind of a hill versus hill match. Mm-hmm. If Harley was getting any support, it's just out of respect. Sure. Because everybody hated Bundy. Because they hated Armand Hussein, who was partners with Gary Hart. He had H&H, H&H Limited on his shirt. Hussein and Hart. Mm-hmm. So, and he blew that damn whistle. I know the whistle got on my oh, nerves. And fuck, that I was got on the my nerves. <laughs> God whistle. damn, Dave. That whistle was killing me. I'm I want to stick, I mean, I mean, that was his deal. You want, you, you never went to the wrestling matches and not want to stick that whistle up his ass. And he used to come, <laughs> he... He used to come in our grocery store and buy meat. He'd come in, he'd come in buy um, turkey uh, turkey wings from us. As soon as and, he was uh, coming through the line to buy his wings, you should have just I saw him come in the door and I blew it right I, in his fucking ear. <laughs> and I was always nasty. He's always cool to me in our store. Yeah. And I didn't worry. I mean, we didn't have we didn't have camera phones or anything back then. And I, sure. I'm sure I got his autograph at one point. But he used to bring King Kong Bundy. He used to bring King Kong Bundy and another wrestler to the barbecue place that was right across the street from our store. And another funny thing, I lived, I guess, a few years later, once I got, in 1990, I moved to a little town called Roy City, which is 35, 40 miles east of Dallas. Small town, small population. And uh, I took my daughters, dropped them off. I dropped my daughter off school one morning and I stopped by the post office. And I run into Armand Hussein in Roy City, Texas, at the post office. <laughs> so I thought this really is a small world. But and this was after he would—he was no longer. Well, I mean, world class was down the toilet by ninety. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he was a really—he was a very nice man. Uh, but I—I I used to joke with him. Man, I used to want to just yank that whistle from you, and he just laughed. He said, "Everybody did, son. Everybody did." <laughs> and uh. But he was a, he was a nice man, and but but that that's what I remember most about first time seeing him. Uh, so we also see a lot. You know, we said, you know, Harley appears here to be an old man, or you know, but he's doing fucking head scissors. He's not that Bundy. old. I mean, he just looked old. It's yeah. like Arn. He never aged. Yeah. But it's just like even like towards the end of his life, it's like, dude, you dude looks like he could still could beat the shit out of you no matter what. But you know, he's hitting that diving headbutt here, dude. It's just was that that was his patent move, right, Dave? The diving headbutt was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The knee, the knee. The Harley race headbutt. high knee, yeah. And uh, 
He, he also did a power. He also did a power slam. He did, he also dropped you across the knee, the backbreaker. Yeah, yeah. But he also would do a, a do a like a power slam. But it just do you think? You know, See, Hardy... Grace was born in '43, so he was 39 years old in 1982. Okay, so it's like I mean, he's he only still... 39. Yeah. But he still, but he still can go. He's so powerful. One of the deceptively strong guys in the business. You wouldn't think he could just pick up Bundy and slam him as much as he had well, at in this match. They say he used to take bottle caps, and he mm-hmm. take the bottle cap and and mash them, and just bend them with, with two fingers. Yeah, just two fingers mashing those bottle caps. Justin, you can do that top guy weekend, right? Take mm-hmm. the bottle caps and just yeah. Yeah, I can do it with my butt cheeks. I mean, Harley Race was crushing cans before they were aluminum. <laughs> oh, God. That's going to rock me to sleep tonight. Thanks, Justin. I really appreciate that. Things that... Uh, oh, God. That's going like to be like... one of the after-hours events. <laughs> yeah, he'll be him and him and JR. You know, he could say like JR can do something. He'll put barbecue sauce on it. JR's like, her, I'm not going to have any of this foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the American uh, NW American title was this uh, just a way of, you know, putting a strap on somebody? It was just like a legitimate, it was like a mid card belt. This was the number one singles title in world class. Okay, so w- w- this would be the equivalent of what, like an IC or a US title? Yeah, it's the equivalent of the NWA United States Championship. Okay. I yeah, mean, I'm just was try- the, trying to. It was yeah. the equivalent of the, the the Southern Championship in Florida. Okay. Uh, then we had the because in World Class you had the, the the American Heavyweight Championship, you had the Texas Heavyweight Championship, and you had the te- you had the Brass Knucks Championship that occasionally got defended. Mm-hmm. But then. And everybody likes to say we had a television championship, but it really wasn't. It was a, it was what they called beat the TV champion. And the premise was that when you became the TV champion, this week you wrestled, and if you won, it added five hundred dollars to the purse. So then the next week it's a thousand, and once it got up to five thousand, if you won that, you got the five thousand. You 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 ran the gauntlet of being the TV champion, and I guess mm-hmm. you might have got a title shot at some point, but. But that's how they showcase new talent coming to the area. They put them under they, they part. They were the TV champion. Sure. Uh, and I think it was a two out of three falls match. Right. I so may this... be wrong. It's been a long time. Oh but, no! That's but it was not long. your traditional like Tully Blanchard TV championship. But the American been... Championship was a big deal. It's only been forty years. What the hell? But so this. Uh... This match ends when uh, Race charges Bundy but hit the pole on the outside. You got David Manning's out here, man. Holy crap. I'm like, look mm-hmm. at his freaking bushy hair and his great porn stash there. Kind of jealous, I'll be honest with you. Um, but he calls for the bell as both wrestlers were pounded out. Was this just a way for both guys to get they over but 20. not win? Yeah, 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 yeah. They counted 20. I mean... Is that typical at that time? Was 20, 20 count? 20 was, was the count back then. But if you'll notice when you watch them, they counted it faster. Yeah. Like I count one, and then I'll shake my hand a couple times. Two, three, four. But you watch Bronco, he's like one, two, three. I right. mean, he's, that 20's coming. Yeah. 
So, Justin, looking at this now, looking at WCCW as a, for the first time, you see all these titles out here. We're going to see the Asian titles here at the at the main event here. Uh, all Asian tag team titles. I know. I, still, I was getting ready so to bring many. that up. I still can't believe they had an all Asian tag team title in Texas. That just yeah. seems so weird and out of place. Yeah. Well, the thing was, is it was your talent would win it on a Japan tour and bring it home and drop it back to whoever was fixing to go back over there on an Asian tour. Yeah. Oh, so it'd be I mean, kind of like one big loop kind of thing. Michael Hayes won the all Asian championship part of the triple crown, the United <laughs> national. Yeah. He won it and brought it back. And the, the week before David Von Erich went died, as a matter of fact, the week before the last Friday night that he was in Dallas, it wasn't even on the show, on the card. They said the NWA has an, an ordered that Michael Hayes defend the championship against David Von Erich. And David Von Erich won the All-Asian title just in time to take it back over to Japan for his tour. Mm-hmm. So he died the All-Asian. All I mean, yeah, the All-Asian. They called it All-Asian over here, but it was the United National Championship over there. It's part of the Triple Crown. Sure. You know, you know Brian Haremza brings up a question. He's like, do, do you think that they had too many titles? No, no, world class was perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, the the all Asian title wasn't a world class sanctioned belt. It was just they recognized it from another as an accomplishment. I mean, I think it was even mentioned during the tag match that David was a former Southern champion, mm-hmm. Southern heavyweight champion. So no, world class with the American, the American, the Texas, the American tags. You know, that was, and you didn't see, I mean, the title matches didn't really occur as much as you'd think they would. Mm-hmm. And they recognized the NWA world champion. Yeah. And then, because so what... like, like I said, there wasn't any TV champion at the Sportatorium. That was 100% Will Rogers for sure. Saturday Night Wrestling. Yeah. Um. So this next one, he has another one for both of you, too, is... Do you think that this was King Kong Bundy at his apex, or do you think it he it came when he got with the WWE? No, it came when he went to Mid South in Georgia. That, that was between here and WWE. Yeah, once he left that, once he left World Class, he spent some time uh, in Georgia, and then he was also in uh, Mid South, and that's when the five count started. Mm-hmm. Making him when he pinned you, you had to you had to give him a five count, and I think that's when Bundy. Because Bundy was part of Legion of Doom for a while. Really? And they were doing the five count. Yeah. That was, that was in Georgia. So, you know, we saw him, Justin, when he really got with the WWE, WWF at that time, when he really feud with Hogan. Watching this now, and then knowing what would become later on, do you think this, you know, Mid-South, the WCCW really got him ready for the limelight? Or do you think it was a little bit of him at the same time? I think um, probably did. Uh, definitely. You know, he's a big, unique-looking bitch. Like, mm-hmm. I can see him getting over in whatever territory he was in to the point where, it, you know, Vince felt like it was time to bring him up there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, all this Well, he was a big monster is- for Hogan. Yeah, and all this experience is just helping him toward that WrestleMania two main event or whatever he's going to end up doing. Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you think he really deserved to get over a little bit more though, in the companies and and all the companies really? I mean, maybe, but 
I how don't could know. he have done more than what he did? More? How many? How, I mean, how could he have done bigger than what he did in WWE? Yeah. WWF. Right, because I don't think he really went anywhere else though after he's with WWE though, right? Because I don't think he ended up going like WCW. He might have done some indie. I know he did indie stuff, but I don't think he ran any you know name promotion. Yeah, but he made a lot of money in WWF. He's also oh, no, doing yeah. national. He was also doing national com- commercials. I mean, there was yeah. a computer. There was a computer company oh. that had him in their national print ads. Wasn't he on Married with Children too? Yes. A I Bundy. remember that. He yeah. was a Bundy. <laughs> Bundy. <laughs> oh man, I'll order him. I'm like, holy but shit, I mean, they should kick on Bundy. For world for for WWF, how could you be any bigger than the main event for WrestleMania two? Sure. And, and but do you think it really? Do you think it really overshadowed because there's three different locations? Do you think it would have gotten over more? Like, say they kept the that as the um. The, the, the main event for WrestleMania 2, there wasn't three locations. It was just a location, say, in Los Angeles, whatever. Do you think it would have gotten, like, you know, his n- name recognition there, too, if it was just the singles, single main event there? I don't think it mattered. No. I think it was more of a pay-per-view event. Uh, I think maybe being in the big blue cage, I think it might have been a bigger match for him if he didn't have the the WWF cage match. I don't remember the buildup that called for Bundy and Hogan to be in a cage. I I don't remember. Do you remember that, Justin? No, I I hate WrestleMania 2 so bad. I try to block (laughs) it out of my memory. Because to me, I'm I'm so anti-WWF cage matches because, I mean, I I always thought they were sissy cage matches because... To win them, you escaped. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we, we we had we had manly, vicious cage matches in the NWA. I mean, they, we got in the cage when it was time to keep you in, and and you were going you were going to tote an ass whooping. You were going to get your face put into chain link, not that big blue monstrosity. You were going you were going to watch it, and you were going to see Ric Flair's nose inside the chain link, and you were going to see it pop into each hole as he got his face raked back and forth. I mean, it was a fight to keep them in, not who's, who can jump this fence or get out the gate the quickest. Sure. So I was never, never a fan of the escape cage. Yeah, neither have I. Neither have I. But So I'll assure you, I hated every bit of that. But I would have thought it was cool that King Kong Bundy was in there because he came from Texas. Um, now, who... You know, Devin here, excuse me, uh, wanted to know Dave too. He brings up Rowdy Roddy Piper. Do you remember where he was at this time, or was he going to be a star at this time? He's star in Georgia. In Georgia, okay. So was he wasn't here in WCCW? No, 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 no. I don't even know that he had a swim through WCW. I mean, he Did... might have been some one offs, but he didn't. Yeah, have... not from '82 on. He never came to Texas. I thought I saw him on a W. It was just probably one off. So, not not. WCCW? I don't remember him being ever after I became a fan in 82. We didn't see Piper in Texas because he was in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then he had the the dog collar match with Valentine Mm -hmm. at the first Starcast, uh, Starcade. And then I saw him on WWF TV shaking Valentine's hand. And I'm like, after what he did to his ear? (laughs) That's a vicious chain match. 
and where, right. where Valentine had supposedly mauled his ear. And yeah, that's a great match. I love that match. So Piper gone on to WWF, right? From from, from the NWA, and he was on he was on Georgia Championship Wrestling when I got cable, and uh, he had turned face. He was annoying as a commentator. I hated him from the get go. Mm-hmm. And then he helped Gordon Soley when somebody was picking on him. But speaking of announcers, is this guy Rick Mercer? Is that his name? Bill Mercer. Bill, Bill Mercer. Mercer. Tell you what, I thought he was pretty damn good. He's all right. As I thought he, he I got thought worse he was... as the years went on. Mm-hmm. But Bill Mercer was the first voice of the Dallas Cowboys. And he really? Also, and he was okay. also a professor at the University of North Texas. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like his announcing was really solid. I thought he was good. He kept the focus on what was going on in the ring, but he was also pretty smooth. Yeah, you'll hear it later. It gets, it, I mean, you think he's all right until you hear Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> but did, was there, well, I'm just saying for early on, I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, was there really, beat, was there anybody beating Schiavone and Crockett, though? Oh no no, and, and 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 the Saturday night show was done by Mark Lawrence, who you saw doing the ring announcing. I mean, you saw him at ringside uh, during this episode. Mark Lawrence was the voice of the Channel Eleven show, and later became. I mean, then you'd see him ring announcing for for World Class on at Sportatorium. And Mark Lawrence was very. I thought Lawrence was better than Mercer to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. So, under our next match here was a main event, like I said before, and Justin's probably his favorite uh, tag team titles ever, is the all-Asian tag team titles. Your champions, the Great Kabuki and Magic Dragon, with the aforementioned Gary Hart, taking on David and Kevin Von Erich. Um, man, I, I, it, I, it's, it's, I loved it, too. And it's just not because of who's in it, too. It just you take it takes you back. For me, anyways, you hear great Kabuki. It's like holy shit, this guy's gonna be fucking he was awesome. scary. He yeah, was, Kabuki was scary to me with yeah. that mask. And as I got to see more with the nunchucks and the mist. Tell you what, he has a badass mask. Really. Mm-hmm. Hey, when he took his when he took that mask off and the hair hangs and he had his face yeah. painted and he'd shoot that mist and I mean you'd look at him and I mean he was he was intimidating. Uh, Sixteen-year-old Dave was was very intimidated by Kabuki. Yeah, he needed some new drawers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gary Hart, man, like I said, I didn't know. I mean, I'm, my brother's telling me, trying to give me background on these people. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm literally asking, hey, which one of those is David, and which one of those is Kevin? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't have told my Von Erics apart at the time, at that that night, and. Uh, but I loved listening to uh, Gary Hart's talking all that trash. And David Mayne told him to get out of the ring. He said, I'm talking. He goes, I don't care. Get out of the ring. Yeah. Match is going to start. That's one <laughs> thing I noticed. You can hear a lot of talking in the ring. And um, they had two referees for this match. On these on these shows. Mm-hmm. You can hear the uh, everything the manager's screaming. I mean, they've really got uh, a pretty hot mic around the ring somewhere. But it's it goes to show you. I, we saw here early in the match where let me get here in the notes. Uh, David 
on Eric, tries to do the claw on Kabuki's head, but then switches up to his midsection. Was that common with the claw here? They basically, wherever they could get it, they put it, Dave? They go for the head, pivot, and go to the gut. And they go to the stomach claw. And normally the stomach claw would get broke by a hand to the eyes. Did they yeah. ever pull the Jerry Ryan gimmick and go to the claw to the dick? No. <laughs> no. Okay, I was just yeah. wondering. You have to pay extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> but coming soon to Top Guy Weekend. <laughs> Efren's got to put the claw on you, Dave. You just wait. <laughs> Who says he hasn't done it before? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, that, hey, that's going to be a special surprise for the Top Guy weekend this week. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. But as you're listening to this, Efren, you're at Top Efren's, Guy weekend. Efren is gigantic and Dave's little. Efren would just I play. love Efren. Dude, Efren, he Efren would play Dave like a puppet. Just stick his hand right up literally. and play him like a puppet. He <laughs> no, but he is legitimately no, I Big first, Red would. Yeah. Big Red Andrew would. <laughs> but he I I, I imagine I imagine that Efren is gentle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some stories. I'm not so sure. <laughs> oh well there's there's my uh, coughing laughing so hard uh, moment of this episode we have one every week but no he I, I first met him last year at top guy weekend i'm like holy shit he's a big dude and it's like nicest guy ever literally there's no and better just, person but yeah. the best of us no yeah it's but he would literally do anything for anybody and that's what really makes him one of a kind but uh w- you're watching this match live, Dave. What are you? What's going through your 16-year-old head right here? I'm into it because yeah. this is the last match of the night. Mm-hmm. They added the show up to show it because they because next because the next time when we go cover Carrie and Flair, that's a full episode. But yeah. if you'll notice that the match is over, people were leaving. This was the the main event of the night, so I'm after I'm hot after Carrie's match, so I'm a hundred percent into this. And I'm buying into it, and I'm 100% for David and Kevin at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, you got me. I'm hooked. You done pulled me into the boat. I am a fan. Is this really when you started with the Von Erics, though? Like, really fell in love with their style of wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were badass. Did you see David and Kevin were beating the crap out of those boys? Yeah. Was it I just mean, like the? Was it just? How can I, I believe they were in a the phys- fight? Right. So it was that physicality that drew you to their type of wrestling. Yes. And I, I know you had their uh, Kevin's boys there at uh, Ric Flair's last match. Is that kind of the little peek behind the curtain kind of thing? Was that kind of the things that you brought up chat, chatting with them if you had the chance? Uh, they didn't feel good, so I didn't do a lot of talking. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I just told them, you know, hey, it was nice working with you guys. I'm originally from Dallas. I spent the 80s at the Sportatorium. And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, that's so cool that you got to see all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, you know, hey, hope we get to work together again. Yeah, I didn't get had, to visit with them that much because they didn't feel good. Man. They had they some were, food poisoning or something, didn't Marshall they? had food poisoning and Rod, they were exhausted. They'd been up yeah. for two days in airports. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that story. I think, was it Tony that said it on his show? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're uh, I mean, they're, but they found a physical style. They, right. They, oh, yeah. They brawl. They brawl like their dad. I mean, 
So do you, where would you rank uh, Kevin on that list of Von Erichs? Third. Yeah. Behind who? David and Kerry. Because there was more of them, right, though? There was like five of them, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't count Mike. I mean, if you want to count Mike and Chris, then this Kevin's third. Mike's you, fourth. What about Chris Fritz? Where would you put Fritz on the well, list? Well, <laughs> where would you put Mrs. Von Erich? <laughs> Don't be careful. <laughs> what about the dog? I heard that do their dog was pretty cool. But I'll tell you guys, I, got, I think I got a picture of them on the wall that's got their, they're with the dog. The only dog that can do the claw. But his is called the paw. Ah, there it is. Hi, oh. <laughs> I think I have a promo it's for picture that type of humor that you listen, folks. I yeah, that, have a promo picture where they actually have the dog in the picture with them. Oh, um, of course they do. Um, <laughs> I've got the Von Erich photo, the family album. Oh, gee, wow. They so, anyway. a, so, but, but, you know, Brad also brings up too is how much really, if you could sum up what they mean to you in general, the Von Erich family. They're, they're the, they're the core of, they're, they're one of the, they're in my circle of what made me a fan. Mm-hmm. And at the time, from 82 to 84, the Von, er the Von Erichs were why I was going to wrestling. Mm -hmm. From 82 and 83, with the Freebirds, the Von Erichs and the Freebirds are why. The Von Erichs got me. But the key factor is Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. The factor is Ric Flair. Flair is what brought me. Flair, I mean, Flair's what I remembered from the TV show. I mean, I knew I didn't like Ric Flair. So I wanted to see Ric Flair get beat. Flair did his job to somebody that knew nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and a, we're going to eventually get there. I won't get ahead, but the Freebirds are going to come in, and that changed everything. Yeah. So yeah. the Von Erichs and the Freebirds lit the fuse for me, mixed in with Ric Flair. Ric Flair was the key all the way through it, though. Ric Flair was, Ric Flair was the cherry on top of my wrestling Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until Kerry beat Flair that I realized that's not what I want to see. I, I'm not. I'm here to see Flair. Flair's what I realized it that day. Um, but no, but I mean, at that night I walked out of there as, at that night. I thought David and Kevin were cool, but I was 100% behind Kerry, and I wanted to see Kerry got screwed tonight, and I can't wait to see Kerry get 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 his chance to get back at Flair again. Right. So the ending here, we're going to see the Von Erichs win, win the titles. The sequence at the end here, do you think they did it right? You know, you're going to see uh, the you know the, get the heels get Kevin out of the ring, but missed the chop on David. David rebounds with a double clothesline on them. And the dragon gives him a knee drop. So a lot of fast moving maneuvers. I wasn't sure that David was a legal man. Right. When Kevin came off the rope, I thought Kevin was going to get the pin. Cause Kevin dove 
and stopped him from breaking up the pin. I mean, but you had two referees involved. Well, why were there two referees? That was me and my next question. Maybe there'd been so much between them. Yeah. Maybe there'd been so much between them building up to this that they needed the two referees. I mean, World Class did stuff like that, though. Because you, you had Manning, you had, was a Bronco, right? Yeah, and I don't know if y'all noticed, they had seconds come to the ring every time. Yeah. The two guys that would come up, you had a second that would come with... I mean, everybody, they had seconds, what they called them. They weren't valets, they were seconds. Yeah. And, um... But I'm not sure that David was legal. Sure. I didn't go back and rewind it. and I was like, I thought Kevin was legal, but... And that one... And that title belt I found was interesting because it only had one plate on it. Right, yeah. I thought it was well, just that strange. front plate, yeah. That ought to be easy to get a replica of. Yeah, well, I'm sure if anybody <laughs> can cheap. find it, you can. Yeah, I'm going to say you could probably find it, Dave. Um, find a picture of it, I'll get it. <laughs> but why... But for both of you, too, why don't you think the Von Erich children got really on a bigger stage? Obviously, we'd see Carrie in the WWF, but we really wouldn't see a lot of the rest of them. No, why no. do you think that is? Well, by the right. time that Carrie went to the WWF, they all went to Madison Square Garden, RJ. Yeah. They were all featured at Madison Square Garden. David mm -hmm. had a match there. Kevin had a match there. I mean, um, obviously, the reason David died, so he didn't really get much of a chance. Carrie went, but he was kind of riddled with addiction problems and one foot and everything else. But he time. was the Intercontinental Champion when it oh, meant to be something. Was. I mean, yeah, when it still meant something. Yeah, because yeah, he'd be perfect, right? Oh, Saturday mm -hmm. Night made him that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and when when David died, it was mentioned on WWF TV. Because they, they were Kevin, that big, yeah. I don't know why Kevin never really had a WWE run. He got a tryout when Kerry was there. He got a tryout later. Kevin Kevin did not like to travel. Kevin yeah. was a family man. Yeah. Kevin did not want to travel. But and I think but, that too, if you if you know anything, fans of of his boys, they're pretty much I don't want to say clones of his father, but you you get Marshall there. Holy crap. He's such because I talked I interviewed him a couple years ago. And Marshall is such a family guy. I think they just had another kid. Yeah. But Mar I, I can I see saw, where he gets when it I from. Saw Marshall, when I saw Marshall, I saw Carrie. Yeah. yeah. I think Ross was more like his daddy. Oh, you think so? Yeah, but Marshall. Marshall's jacked like Carrie. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's built. Yeah. But but you say the Von Erics weren't that big. No, you don't understand. The WWF wasn't that big. It was territory. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was territory of small states. I mean... How long does it take to drive from Philadelphia to New York? Three hours. It takes that long. It takes longer than that to drive from Dallas to Houston, to Dallas to San Antonio. It, I mean, I'm just saying that New York, the New York area was a territory. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they brought in, Dusty was at the garden. They brought him in for the garden. So they were... Being WWF didn't make you a big star in the early 80s, in late 70s and early 80s. But the Von Erichs were going to Missouri. They were going to St. Louis for, for Goggle at the Chase. They were on, if you go find old wrestling at the Chase, the Von Erichs are on it. Mm -hmm. All three of those boys were the Missouri heavyweight champion. Uh, okay. That was a big deal because being the Missouri heavyweight champion meant you was going to be the world champion. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time it was your stepping stone. To the, the Missouri Championship was a stepping stone to the World Championship. Because Ric Flair, Ric Flair dropped the Missouri Championship to David, and Ben beat Harley Race for the world title. Was that in the era of the big gold, or was that 10 pounds? This was still 10 pounds. Okay. I mean, so and from, from, so the Von Erichs were going to St. Louis. The Von Erichs were huge in Japan. Mm-hmm. So they were going to Japan for Baba. They were going... They were... Uh, that The Von Erichs were... They were traveling. Watts... Watts used to do Kerry and Flair around the horn. He didn't bring Flair in to go against his guys. He brought Kerry Von Erich in from Dallas and sent him around the horn. I've got a friend that saw Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair in Jackson, Mississippi in the 80s. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. For Watts. Right. They couldn't spell, and on the TV, they couldn't spell Eric right. <laughs> How'd they spell it? Was E-R-I-C. Oh, instead of the H? Yeah. But Watts, oh, it's, they're, they misspell a lot, but but I digress. I'm just saying that the Fritz used to, and Fritz was big. That, but, but they'd go to Missouri, and Missouri was a huge area, especially St. Louis. Um, and, the, I mean, the boys were, the boys were all over. They wrestled for Bosch. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get that y'all are used to be in WWF, and that's the big time. But mm-hmm. at this time, at this time, I mean, think of it. Bob Backlund was the champion of the WWF at the time. Right. I mean, so the Hulkamania hadn't ran wild yet. I mean, it's that's coming in 80. That's, that's going to kick off in February of 84. Right, and then eighty five and eighty six is their big years of expansion, and, and when they're really crushing everybody. But so the Von Erichs, Von Erichs were a huge deal, um, a huge huge deal. Now, l- lastly, before we get to our rivalries here, guys, um, what do you guys think of this pr- uh, flyer promo at the end here? I liked it. He's sitting there, hanging out with some chicks, talking shit. I mean. Perfect. What you'd expect out of a player promo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the type of promo that made me come to love Flair. And Flair was dropping. I mean, he dropped the he dropped the name of a big time clothing company in Dallas that he went shopping at, and had, yeah. And those limousines. Well, those that, that uh, <laughs> the limousine really brought it back. Cause me and my buddies used to rent. That's the kind of limousines me and my brother, my buddies would used to. We'd all kick in. We'd all kick in fifty bucks a piece, and uh, we'd rent a limousine to go out because it was cheaper than a DWI. <laughs> that's a spirit. Um, but but you know, that's that's what I thought when I saw the limousine. But those those yeah. big long stretch limousines. So, lastly, what did you guys think? I was. We'll start with you, Justin, being the first time that you saw this. Um, what were your thoughts on this first show that we're going to cover for this month for WCCW? I mean, it was about what I expected. Yeah, you know, it was cool to see uh, a young, maybe not as young as they wanted us to believe, King Kong Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just you know the Harley races, and you know, and I feel like they had relatively good promos before the matches too, mm-hmm. which was good to help build their storylines. Um, so, you know, I didn't have any problem with it. I actually kind of enjoyed watching it. 
I thought there was a couple matches that felt long, but this is kind of in the long match time period of when they did more of that. So, I mean, yeah, overall, I didn't, have, I didn't have any complaints. <laughs> yeah. Well, then next week we got the whole match with Flair and uh, and Kerry. But, Dave, lastly, before you get over there, what, you know, this is the first time you've really seen this in how long? These particular matches, it's been a couple of years. I mean, yeah. I well, once once Peacock once they started putting them on Peacock, I probably watched it. I probably just skipped his carry and flare though. Yeah. Oh, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because uh, I so, rewatch it. I rewatched it yesterday just to refresh myself on it. Right. Right. So over to the segment that's sweeping the nation. I keep saying that and people keep on sending in their uh, additions to our rivalries list here. Let me add one last thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, the promo at the end, after they won the championship, after they won the, the all Asian tag titles, Kevin said that, that he was glad Dave was back. David just got back from Florida. Okay. He's just come back from his hill run in Florida. And that's another thing I, 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 when I was talking about how big the Von Erics were, David had left. Kevin In 81, Kevin was in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Kev, Kevin went in, and he was wrestling with boots on, Jimmy Snuka with boots on. Jimmy Snuka was half of the Georgia Tag Team Champions with Terry Gordy. Holy shit, yeah. Kevin wow. does, uh, Snuka does a frog splash on Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin kicks out. Kevin goes to put the claw on Snuka. Gordy jumps in, and they're beating the crap out of um, Kevin. Michael Hayes runs in and helps Kevin. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's really... Michael Hayes and Kevin Von Erich versus Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka at the Omni. Jeez. So then David goes to Florida, feuds against Dusty Rhodes. He gets with he, 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 he comes Dory Funk's, Dory Funk Jr.'s protege. He's feuding with Sweet Brown Sugar. He's feuding with Dusty Rhodes. He's feuding with um, him and Dory. Him and Dory beat the Briscoes for a tag title. And with the finisher had uh, Dory, Dory like double-legged one of the Briscoes. Jack and Jerry Briscoe kids, not the Briscoes that were at Ric Flair's <laughs> last match. He, <laughs> The old Briscoes. The originals. Yeah, the, the Briscoe brothers. Said, he double-legged him and had him, but he put his foot back, and David comes through the ropes, and he sticks his foot through the ropes and braces his foot against Funk's foot, giving him extra leverage to keep him to keep the, the Briscoe pinned. I thought it was a cool finish. And I said something to, to, to Briscoe about it on, on ad-free shows, and I even tw- uh, tweeted it. About it being a cool finish, and you don't see that anymore. And and Briscoe retweeted it and commented about it. And then it wasn't two weeks later that finish was used on Raw. Hmm. And they they used it one other time too. And I mean, you hadn't seen that finish in in over forty years, and all of a sudden now it's on Raw because Gerald Briscoe retweeted that. So you'll take cool credit finish. for that. Yeah, so you'll take credit. credit. Take, hell yeah, you might as well. What the hell? God I'll damn. Take credit for it. <laughs> I reminded Briscoe of it. He put it over, and WWE recognized a good idea. There you go. But uh, but no, that I mean that was the thing is that David could be a heel. David was an excellent heel. David wrestled as a face most of the time in Dallas, and 
had heel tendencies. I mean, he wasn't your typical, and that's why I love David. Because I believe David would kick your ass. If you ask me which Von Erich I want to fight, give me David, because David's going to whip your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, David was a man and a half. Uh, I missed Fritz. I mean, I, I missed Fritz's heyday. But, I mean, Fritz was a tough old man, too. Uh, mm. And uh, But but that's the thing, is that David had just returned. They kind of downplayed his behavior on television in, in, in Florida. And uh, But Fritz was president of the NWA when David was in Florida. And Fritz and Kerry went to do, they were going to like do the, like the Orange Bowl, it might have been, show. And Kerry um, came in, and Kerry was acting, trying to act like a heel, and he was horrible at it. I saw a tape of it. Kerry was a horrible heel. But David had, David had a talent for it. And so well, that's why Kevin was so excited, because we got Dave back. Dave's back now. So now we're going to build, we're going to build, start the run, and start putting the places in together to head towards Christmas night, which is going to be very, very pivotal. And I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further. Sure. I'm teasing y'all that this is just a taste of my fandom. This is what got me in. And when we get in here in about three or four weeks, y'all are going to like, man, Dave got in right at the right time. There's no way you could have became a wrestling fan August 15th of 1982 and not became a colossal wrestling fan based on what's coming between now and Christmas. Sure. So let's set it up. And here, a little backstory on Justin's pick for our rivalries this week. I've got to tell you, I cannot believe what I just saw, Owen. Please tell me why. Why this despicable act? Why, I don't, what? Why, what? I don't understand. You want to know why? Red Hart, you're nothing but a selfish person. I went in there in a tag team match for the biggest match of my life. It was a dream come true. I thought I had the best partner in the world. My own brother, but you're too selfish, like I've said all along. Your ego is too big. You only worry about yourself, Brett. Rowan, you don't Owen, care about me. Unbelievable in front of your entire family. I your don't family care about me. anybody. I was concerned about myself and my whole family. The biggest opportunity in my life. I had a chance, Brett, and you stripped it away from me. You took it away from me, Brett, because you're too selfish. All you had to do was just tag me. My hand was there. Just tag me. I knew your leg was bad. I was aware of that. Just tag me. But you're too selfish. You just want to put your sharpshooter on. I could have won the match. I don't need you with a bad leg doing it, Brett. You're too damn selfish. And that's why you're sitting there with a bad leg. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. But let's get to the matter at hand. He has challenged you to a match to prove to you, Brett, to prove to your whole family and everyone in the World Wrestling Federation that he does not live in your shadow to prove that he is the better wrestler. Your response, will you accept the challenge? Um, let me, I, I know there's all kinds of people who would love to see that. I mean, people love to see any kind of a controversial fight. A fight, a great fight is a great fight. People thrive on that. And uh, I've never ever ducked any kind of a challenge. I've never backed away from anybody. And uh, I would wrestle anybody, and I, I like to uh, live up to those words of Sam, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and I take on anybody, but under no circumstances would I ever 
absolutely, positively not ever step in the ring with my own brother under any circumstances. Uh, I won't do it. I was just, there's a point, and this is as far as it'll go. I, I, uh, I will not fight my brother. Justin, I am by no means shocked on who you're at in this week. I think we pretty much know why, but what Brett Nolan, man, probably one of the best rivalries of all time. What, uh, what made you put this one up here? I would say when you look back at this time period in WWE, um, 94, 93, this was the most memorable rivalry from that time period in, in WWE. Um, I think, you know, and it lasted a good year or so and really lasted even longer than that. Um, so for me, I think it's, I think it's Brett's best rivalry. I know a lot of people would say him and Sean are probably a better rivalry, but I felt like this one was more of an actual rivalry where Brett and Sean kind of went in and out of theirs a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't agree with you on that. Um, but like you said, when you think 94, 95, this is the rivalry you're you're, you're you're thinking about whether it be this one or even Sean and Razor too, but I think this one really, to me, really took precedence over the Razor and Sean thing. I think just because of the whole story build up to it. Uh, they Dave, had what one you... of the greatest matches ever at yeah. WrestleMania ten in this feud. Probably the greatest opening match ever at a WrestleMania. And sure, I, I get it. Owens. Yeah. Um, they had a they had a good uh, cage match at SummerSlam after that. Um, so they definitely had some really good matches during this feud too. Sure. Dave, what do you think? Oh, well, I mean, I don't think of it as a red hot feud, but it really was. I mean, it was kind of like Owen's such a dick to his brother. Yeah, and I remember when Owen got um, his mom to throw. Yes, him that's what I was fixing to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think blood feud, it's a literal blood feud, but I don't think, I don't think of it as a huge feud. I but, think I, I, think I but would. But it put really it. was. I mean, it was just like Owen, it was just Owen hated his brother so much. That whole, yeah. that whole jealous little brother angle worked so well. Yes. See, I, I think I would put it at eight. I would you think so? I'd put it underneath Piper and Hogan. What do you think, David? I was thinking it would probably go around 11 above Dreamer and Raven. Uh... Yeah, I think that I think that that is a more memorable feud than a Kurt Angle Shawn Michaels feud. How about uh, How about we and come in the middle and go has... at nine? Okay. It just that didn't works. seem to have. I don't know. It just didn't feel like it didn't set a territory on fire. I mean, he screwed Brett out of the championship, but then back when immediately dropped it to Diesel. So, but then remember at the end of WrestleMania 10 when Brett wins the title and Owen comes out and looks at Brett because he had just beat Brett earlier in the yeah. night. And there's just a lot of good layers to the onion of that feud. I think. 
I think like eight or nine really is, I think, is where it really should be myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's, I hate to do this, but, because you know how big of an Angle fan I am. <sighs> I'm going to put it right here at number eight. Um, just because it's, uh, it really was like, night, like I said, 94, 95. You know, that's really what you thought about. Um, I mean, WWE really didn't have much going on other, at the time. I mean, yeah. What are you, you going to go to the Undertaker versus Undertaker feud or, you know, yeah, that, Retinoa? that's a fart in church. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I farted in church before. It's not good. Uh, yeah. I've done, I've, I've done a lot of things. I think I've done a lot of stuff in church I probably shouldn't have done. That's a whole other story. No, no, that could be Remind a whole other me. show. Remind me next week. When we're at Top Guy Weekend to tell you probably the most horrible thing I've ever done at church. <laughs> All right, we're going to make a note of it. And anybody that's listening to this right now, remind us to ask Dave about that. I would, yeah, I, I, I would bet that it's going to be something that uh, be earth shattering. Uh, but let's send it up and see what Dave is adding this week. Hey, Flair, Tony Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And look at us all that we can look. You know, David Crockett, you had the nerve to make an idiotic statement a while ago that the greatest wrestling attraction in the world was going to be here tonight. Dusty Rhodes right out there in the middle of that ring. Well, you know how stupid that sounds. You're looking at the world television champion, the national heavyweight champion, the world champion, and the legendary James A. Dillon. And everybody in the building wants to know what's causing all this. And I'll tell you what it is. What's causing this is ability, wrestling ability. You're looking at the greatest wrestlers alive today. Three, oh, what do we got here, huh? George. Let me tell you something, Studhaus. You out here shooting your mouth off day in and day out about what you can do. The greatest sports attraction in the world today is going to wrestle on this TV tonight. If you got anything in that gut of yours besides butterflies, you'll go back, put on your tights, put on your coat, put on your robe, and face me tonight right in that ring right there. Oh, and by the way, Tully, baby doll told me... Daddy. You know, you know, David Crockett, it costs a lot of money to put one of us on television. So, Dusty Rhodes, you just keep on dreaming. Woo! To the much chagrin of everybody listening here, it is a horseman versus Dusty feud for Dave this week. Dave, is it pretty much self-explanatory, or do you have, you know, some interesting thoughts on it i mean it was the feud that i mean they rode that horse and i don't think that horse ever died 
until just the, the players left and went to WWF. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that. It was just a. I mean, it was Dusty versus the world. And make I mean, it good, make it good, baby, make it good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the horseman. That his poor leg. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to take his. They were trying to take his leg. I mean, they were. Take they his were, leg out of his leg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't leave nothing for diabetes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that ankle was going to be gone, Jack. I mean, Dusty and... I mean, with Tully and Arn, and if you jumped, if he jumped on one, four of them jumped on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they went after... And it didn't matter who Dusty got. It was... He couldn't get enough of them. Right. So, that was just... The War Games was built on that feud. Dusty for the TV championship. Dusty for the world championship. Dusty for the television championship. Dusty trying to go after the tag team championship. It it could have been Dusty versus Barry. Could have been Dusty versus Tully. Dusty versus Arn. He was always going after Rick. Right. And Luger. I mean, they just that was that was the formula. Yeah, and we could like legitimately put this anywhere, to be honest with you, uh, because I can see this going all the way up to to you know to two, three, top five, definitely. Uh, it's just a matter of okay, we we're gonna have, and I think this is the problem we're gonna have going forward too, because you got stuff on here like the Midnight's versus Rock and Rolls at three, Von Erichs and Freebirds at four. Steamboat Flair at five, and then you got Dusty up top at two with Flair, and then Hogan and Savage. Where do you guys think it legitimately this could go, Justin? What do you think? It has to go higher. Do you think it goes higher than the Von Erickson Freebirds, though? Yeah, the Great American yeah. Bash—they were selling out arena stadiums. I mean, they were packing stadiums with that feud every night. Because I, I, I think legitimately, I think it deserves to be at least at number two. Yeah, it's over Dusty and Flair individually. Yeah. But does it really... See, this is the thing, in my eyes. Hogan and, and Savage was a year-long pro. Well, it was a lifelong program after that. But, but. but you also take into account, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to dis, dismiss the rivalry between the uh, Horseman and Dusty, but... That was more of a you look at it as a big picture. Dusty and those guys, they're on the territory system. You're talking Hogan Savage, you're talking worldwide national television, national worldwide pay-per-views. Not like I said, not that I'm dismissing that rivalry. It's a great one of the best of all time. But is it really that being said, is it good enough to jump over Hogan and Savage? Which WrestleMania was Hogan Savage? Four? Five. 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 Four was the uh, tournament. So that was, what, 89? Yeah, five was the Mega Powers Explode. Yeah. Because 90 was Toronto. Dusty and the Horsemen were 86, 87, 88, 89. Well, I know. Yeah. I think, though, that you could see... And it never got stale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they found new and inventive ways to kick Dusty Rhodes' ass. Yeah. 
They really did. Man, this is so this is a lot harder than I thought it would be, guys. I really yeah. do. I mean, yeah. It... Cause you were legitimately putting thought behind that whereas before music is so, you know, subjective, you can put it wherever the hell you want. Because I'm not um, discounting Hogan and Savage, but sure, right. At yeah, the time, I, it's kind of like that argument that Ron Simmons was the first black heavyweight champion of the world. He wasn't. And I say it was the Iceman King Parsons. Right. And you'll say, well, that was world class. Yeah, but there was more people watching world class when Iceman was champion than was watching <laughs> WCW when Ron Simmons was champion. Right. I'm not disrespecting Ron Simmons, but don't cut Iceman short because world class was broadcast around the world. And they had, they were. At that time, they still it hadn't died yet. So that's mm-hmm. my argument: is eyeballs. I'm comparing apples to apples. Sure. I I say honestly, and it's going to be obviously. And how great was Hogan and Savage in the WCW years before yeah. the NWO? But they, when they could still go. But I mean, but, how? But who was watching it? Yeah, yeah, right. Nobody's really watching towards the end there. I I say my opinion. I think it should be one. Because it was so the longevity of it. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. But I'm seriously, I mean, it's a coin toss, really, honestly. Yeah. It's like a one A, one B. Um shit, I but I don't what do you think, Justin? <laughs> we'll leave it up to Justin, Dave. <laughs> I, I mean, I would vote to put Hogan and Savage one. If you guys both vote to go Dusty Flair, then I would say Dusty Flair should be one then. Do we to put the thing in now? Do we do one A one B? It's kind of one A one B, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. So go ahead, put. I'll say go ahead, put Dusty and the Horseman at number two. Okay. Because the worldwide scope of Hogan Savage continued to right. the end of WCW. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I can't spell. Um. But yeah, I. It. This is really why. It's I think horsemen put a little respect on her name. Oh, Jesus Christ. God. Yes. Father dearest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You count the one, two, three for Wick flair one time. And you think, you know, it all <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> here, here, I'll even do this. I'll even put the four there just to piss you off. I've spelled it out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, so yeah, I, I think this is really, you know, really what uh, you're really going to relive a lot of these rivalries. And I think that's really what we're trying to aim here when we're doing this, folks, because you're we're, each of us are really showing our passion of this. And actually, as I think forgot about it, I actually have one, too. I was actually going to take it home, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so let's set it up and decide what I'm adding this week. In the beginning, darkness moved across the face of the deep.
So one of the greatest rivalries of all time in the later years of WWE, 20, WrestleMania 25-26, was Shawn Michaels, Justin's favorite wrestler of all time, taking on The Undertaker. Um, it's just one of those things where they're doing, like, you know, good versus evil, God versus death or hell, whatever you how whatever way you want to see it, The Undertaker is representing the dead, the light of HBK. Two of the better promos of all time. And surprisingly, I don't know what you guys were thinking when you're watching their first match between them, the two of them, 25 and 26. I'm talking 25. They blew it out of the water. I really had a lot of expectation going into it, but the build to it throughout Raw, throughout SmackDown, and then even going into WrestleMania, it had to suck to be coming on after that. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. Trying to follow um, HBK anyway, but well, right. Those but, are the two best Undertaker matches. I really do. Th- I, mean, I, my, I think my so. favorite. Um, I think this is a great feud. I think that Sean and Taker were just like peanut butter and jelly together. They they worked extremely well in the ring. I thought Brett and Taker had great matches, but I thought Sean and Taker was just more of a natural combination, so to speak. Um, but other my than WrestleMania buildup, my favorite match of theirs is the fucking Hell in a Cell in '97. I mean, Sean just bumped all over the place for Undertaker back then. So you're I, right. I'd forgotten about that, Justin. Yeah. I mean, WrestleMania was, one's got got yeah. my memory so well. Yeah, and the WrestleMania matches are fantastic, but I love that '97 match. Uh, yeah. I think it was the first Hell in a Cell match, right? Yeah. Um, and then that's when uh, Kane came back, of course, at the end. So I love this. I love this rivalry. It was one that it did last a long time. You know, when Shane, when Sean come back, they kind of picked it back up a few times together, and they definitely had a lot of great matches before. We give this rivalry some points because it did have some longevity. But to me, anyways. I'm looking at our list here. It's really going to be hard to put them above this match. But I, I'm, th- I'm thinking right at nine there, right under Piper and Hogan. Possibly. I like I said, I don't know what I you. I don't think I, they were. I think they were better matches, but yeah. I don't think they were a hotter feud. Than than Piper and Hogan, or than Owen and Brett. Than Piper and Hogan. Yeah. Well, right, and I, I don't, I don't think it was obviously higher than this. I think this is as high as it can really go. Uh, so it could probably go lower. It feels like it should go higher, but I can't see that it's any better than. I can't Piper see that it's Hogan. any hotter. I can't see that it's any hotter than anybody that's listed above them. Right. That's what I I'm saying. Nine, I think and, nine's a good spot. And I'm not. Man, I'm not sure that's. I'm not sure that it's as hot as Owen and Brett. Well, here's the thing. I just think it, like, I liked their little thing in in the fall of 97 because, you know, Taker's pissed at Sean because Sean hit him with a chair at the end of the SummerSlam match and Brett wins. And then they have their, like, three matches uh, where they eventually Sean gets hurt at Royal Rumble uh, where they fought there in a casket match. Yeah. I mean, and then they, you know, obviously wrestled later on when Sean came back. So, I mean. I can put it in front of Owen and Brett. I can put it after Owen and Brett too. I've forgotten. 
I guess I've just forgotten so much of their their history. Yeah, because I'm remembering the two rest, I'm remembering the two WrestleMania matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, that was a rivalry that really. Yeah. Ninety six, ninety seven. Let's go. Really, nine. were that good? Yeah, I think it's good there at nine. So th- this just in, folks. Justin Davis on, let's see, Sunday, August 28th, 2022 at 9.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time has ranked HBK over Bret Hart. (laughs) This will be the only time that ever happens. (laughs) So I I had to. I had to. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to make a whole snippet of this, but then we'll talk too long. Would you like to know who my asshole of the week is this week? Let's send it up to asshole of the week. <laughs> so, guess you're gonna be surprised by this. It's money, Mike. Oh Jesus! Here's what he just tweeted out recently, about two hours ago. Oh, Dave, the Almond Brothers. Yes, Dave. Listen to this horse shit. Money, Mike says, I was today years old when I realized the band was called the Almond Brothers and not the Almond Brothers. I've been saying it wrong for years. Fucking surprise there. He goes, just goes to show you, you learn something new every day. Well, when you don't know anything like Money Mike, you ought to be able to learn all kinds of new shit every day. It's and funny that you say that. Man. How do you not know who the Allman Brothers? Holy hell. One of the greatest bands of all time. You don't even know their name, Money Mike. Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Are you familiar with the song Evil Woman by Electric Light Orchestra? I think so. Sounds familiar. It, it does sound like I know it, but I can't think of it right, right it now. It came out. It came out in 1975, I believe. So for 47 years, I've been singing it, "Medieval Woman." Oh yeah. Instead of "Evil Woman." Yeah. I thought it was "Medieval Woman." <laughs> <laughs> and today, I we heard it on Sirius XM. And I looked at my wife and I said, you know, I've been singing this song Medieval Woman since 1975 and it says Evil Woman. Well, you know what? I think Money Mike, for his punishment, you need to uh, listen to the entire album this week of Eat a Peach, Money Mike, by the Almond Brothers. By the Almond Brothers. And I would like for you to report what you've learned because you need to uh, apparently listen to the Almond Brothers. Apparently. Melissa's my favorite song by the Almond Brothers. Let's give it up for Greg Almond, me married to Cher. No shit. And Cher yeah. was a oh. Cher was a hammer. I mean, I'll give, not, I'll give him a call. A hammer, but she was a hammer back in the day, Jack. <laughs> well, and I, and Lord knows, uh, Greg Almond at the time, and and uh, he had his song named this. Uh, he he was no angel. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I I implore everybody to uh go over to the youtube right now if you're listening to this after the fact still do it i implore you to go over to youtube put the allman brothers in there pick any song you want on that list whatever it may be and tweet it at michael l m c l (laughs) and tell him how wrong he actually is he may be a very smart man so smart that he is a professor now at St. Bonaventure University, but he does not know music. So tweet him at <laughs> Michael LMCL your picks for the Almond Brothers. And this paid. 
What's your favorite Almond Brothers song? Let's go around the horn. Melissa. Yeah. I was going to go with that. Oh, for me, it's what? Ramblin' Man. Yeah, I like that. Oh, but that's a toss-up, which we know is too, though. You can't Ripping, really go wrong. Whipping Post is good, too. Which is what Michael will be getting if he does not <laughs> listen to the Almond Brothers. Um, but with that being said, next week, boys, we are going to be taking a look at the next week's WCCW from August 28th, 1982. Uh, we'll peek behind the curtain. This is actually taped the same night, right, Dave? As yeah, it's, early, it's actually earlier in the card. It's like okay. it's, 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 it's more of a semi-main. Sure. I don't know if there was a match before the tag match after the after carry. I don't know if they had pick me up match. I don't. I don't. I'd, I'd have to. The. Like I said until I'd watched this, I'd forgot that that was the last match of the night. Sure. But, but this match we're going to watch is going to be Ric Flair versus Kerry Von Erich. Two out of three falls. Had a special referee brought in for it. Um. And no, it's not Super Dave, Pondwater Dave. It's Super Dave! And, <laughs> and it, it's going to be, this is the thing that happened in my wrestling fandom. This is the bottle that was broken on the, the boat that launched the ship. This the ship, this, this the is, ship that is Pondwater, Super Dave This is Dave what launched Miller. my fandom. And if y'all don't know, I got a Ric Flair wall. Yeah. I got 19 Ric Flair autographs. How many autographs do you need? I got 19 of them. Apparently, you need exactly 20, so you got one more to get. Um, but no, seriously, guys, this has been... Uh, this. Uh, hopefully, you guys learned something from this. I really do. And this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you in for this day when we do WCCW. And then, obviously, going forward, you'll we'll know the rest later on. But your wealth of knowledge for this wrestling... I, I don't think it's matched with anybody else right now. And I hope a lot of you guys, and as much as we, you know, we bust Michael's balls a lot more so Justin, but that's beside the point. Um, His name's not Michael. It's asshole of the week. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I swear to God, if he puts that as his, Oh, he can't do it. Cause he's a teacher. Now he that's can't put right. that on he's his headline. His Twitter. Um, will, we be, will, we, will he be at top guy weekend? No, I don't think he so. has no. canceled on us. Cause he's starting, he's starting to school tomorrow. He's starting school tomorrow. We were all going to bring him on and Joyce. Yeah. Well, you can, I'm sure we could find out his address sometime and just get him a big ass box of almond joys, the little, the little bite size. He's probably um, allergic. He's probably like, he's, he's got probably allergic to coconut. Coke, yeah. Cause he's a nerd. He's probably allergic. to coconut. <laughs> Anyways, but no, it, this, hopefully you guys learned something. You guys like a Devin or Bryant, Haremza, uh, Michael McClanahan, um, it, a lot of your guys, like yourself, you know, you got Brad, you got Miss Amy, that really have really taken a shine to a lot of this, you know, these 80s wrestling, because it's when wrestling was good, I think. Um, so, with that being said, head over to castby.com slash ringside rant. All our platforms are there. All our social medias are there. Justin, you got anything else before we head it over to our main event with or Super Dave? I swear to God, I'm going to call you Poundwater Dave and Super Dave every freaking Whatever week. Whatever you need to call me. I, I, I don't answer know. to any of it. <laughs> Just don't call him late for uh, dinner. And, uh, well, 
Uh, thank you, Dave, for doing this with us. It was actually a lot of fun for me. To I've go been back and so watch. excited to do this. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun to go back and watch this WCCW stuff for me. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing next week's show. I'm just glad to get a chance to talk about it because it's not an old man barking at clouds about in my day. Now, I mean, I mean, just taking you through the perception that RJ had the perception that if it wasn't WWF, it wasn't big time. Mm-hmm. But at the time we're talking about WWF wasn't big time either, mm-hmm. and that's that's the that's what I try to make people understand is you got to go back and it's not just world class. I mean, you got Continental, you got Memphis, and we're gonna, we hear a lot about Memphis now thanks thanks to thanks to Jeff Jarrett and mm-hmm. you know and and those kind of and, and Jim Cornette, you know that you'll hear about Memphis and you'll hear about Mid South and and Florida was huge and Georgia. And so there's there's just more. There was more. I mean, the AWA the AWA was doing great business with Colorado and California, and in in, in Nebraska and in Minnesota. Minnesota was huge. Mm-hmm. So there was more to wrestling than just. It didn't start with the Attitude Era. And, I mean, while there's a few of us old 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 heads around, maybe we can. And there's there's resources to go back and watch some of it. Mm-hmm. And why not? You know, right? Yeah, it's on the Peacock. Go check it out. I'm sure you could also find it on YouTube. Let us know what you guys think. Seriously, I really want you guys to listen to this, and I would, we would really like to hear your opinions on it. You can hit us up on Twitter at underscore ringside rant at JD twenty forty or simply at super. Excuse me, crap! I swear to freaking god, I'm gonna get it right one of these days. At ref super Dave P wd on the twitter gimmick holy crap that's a mouthful that's what she said hey, email um, me email me at palmwater dave at yahoo there you go that that's email it. me if you want to carrier pigeon smoke signals send a, um send you, a pigeon send a fax yeah. write it on a post pad you, 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 you can make a cloud so we can bark at it i don't know whichever but seriously guys i really hope you guys enjoyed this we all hope you enjoyed it uh Tune in next week as we go over that. Let us know what your questions are, too. We'd love to see what you guys think of it. Take a take a moment. Watch these. They're not that super long. You're not like you're watching fucking Raw for three hours. They're a decent size. You can watch it in a sitting, no problem. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Snapchat at Palmwater Day. Send me an inappropriate snap and ask a question. <laughs> so, with that being said, I don't think we can really end any better than that so we'll see you next time right here on the ringside rant